Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, and I'm in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. I'm talking with uh, Rod Kite, and he's with Kite law firm. How you doing, Rod? I'm doing great, Freddie. How are you? Yeah, fantastic here. You know, uh, I love coming in town and meeting and meeting up with you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some hemp and all the emerging things that are coming on uh, all over the country. Uh, what's your perspective on that? Well, my perspective is that, that hemp is really coming into its own this year. Uh, it's, it's more hemp is being grown than ever before, and um, more farmers are growing hemp. There's more acreage. Uh, there's certainly the CBD uh, demand is, is is increasing dramatically, but you know the demand um, and the novelty and in, in, um, that's not the right word, but the the, the production of, of of other technologies involving hemp are are really starting to to get some traction as well, whether it be from construction materials to uh, to batteries to plastics and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So what do you see uh, happening uh, in the hemp industry? Everybody coming on on board. Well, you know, I think that um, we're going to see a lot of growth, which is good. Uh, with growth in, in any you know new industry, we're going to see some some false starts and some problems that emerge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a lawyer, what we look at is the legal landscape, and and the legal landscape, as you are aware, is is rapidly trying to or desperately maybe <laughs> trying to keep up with with the rapidly emerging um, um, hemp industry, and so regulation lags one or more steps behind every new innovation and every new um, economic. Um, you know, field that, that we enter into. And so um, it, it's difficult sometimes for businesses to make good choices in the absence of, of regulation or, you know, regulation may be one thing one, one day and it's the next the next day. And so I, th I think we're going to see some eventual potential litigation. We're going to see some companies consolidate. We're going to see some, some companies that couldn't keep up a drop off. But we're also going to see a whole lot of companies that do the right thing, keep up with it, and really make a mark. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell us a little bit about the law here in North Carolina, what's going on there. Sure. So North Carolina uh, was an early adopter for hemp under the 2014 um, Farm Bill, which allowed states to enact an industrial hemp pilot hemp programs. North Carolina en enacted a solid program, and we're still operating under that program. Okay. There is a hemp bill, um, Senate Bill 315. Um, it's actually the it's actually the North Carolina's farm bill, but it has um, hemp provisions to so kind of bring everything up to speed in, in, in light of passing the 2018 Farm Bill at the federal level. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as growers, at last count, I think there are over a 1,000 growers in wow. North Carolina for the, that, it, that it applied or at least gotten applications approved. And I don't know the acreage, but it's several thousand acres in North Carolina. Yeah. How many uh, permits were issued last year? I don't recall that, but I want to say, and, and don't don't quote me on I guess you are quoting me on this. One, but, <laughs> but Robert's listening, don't quote me this number. But I think it was like half that or less. I okay. mean, it, we're talking about significant increases. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, that, that, all over the country, it's like uh, two, three, four, five times as many people 
than last year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the the very first year. You know, this is North Carolina, technically North Carolina's third year, if I, I believe. And the first year was almost nothing. You know, it's a test program. It's right. new. We don't getting the kinks out. But last year was a was a real year. But there's still a lot of problems to be worked out. Not a lot of people doing it. And this year, I think, is really and in a lot of states, as you say, are experiencing this. This is the year that they're going to um, you know, do it right and do it big time. Yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you see as one of the the, the the big issues in the law and what people have to kind of watch out for right now? Right now, gosh, there are so many different ones. So I'll, I'll, maybe if I could name a handful of things, sure, yeah, if that's yeah, okay, and I won't I won't dig too deep in any one of them um, unless we need to. But but um, the the thing that's on that's probably on most people's mind right now is you know how is the USDA going to regulate hemp? So the mm-hmm. Farm Bill uh, moved the status of hemp and and, and took it outside the Controlled Substances Act completely and and unqualifiedly. Uh, The DEA has no jurisdiction over it, but the USDA does. And the USDA is charged with implementing and promulgating regulations to produce hemp. States are allowed to opt out of that and and have their own regulations um, for hemp, but they have to um, propose a plan to the USDA that's that's then approved. And the USDA can't approve any plans until it enacts its own regulations, which are hopefully going to happen by the end of this year. Okay. So, you know, one big issue, all that is to say, is that we are eagerly awaiting you know, what new regulations and how they're going to play out. Uh, another issue it has to do with another federal agency, and that's the Food and Drug Administration. And, and the FDA is primarily concerned with CBD. Right. And CBD is, is one of the major driving forces behind the hemp boom. It's, it's Everybody seems to want CBD these days. And so the FDA... Um, has has jurisdiction and and authority and the obligation to monitor and to regulate CBD and, and any products that we're putting into our bodies. Mm-hmm. The FDA has taken a current position that, um, based on the approval of a CBD drug called Epidiolex last year, that um, CBD can't be used as a food ingredient, can't be marketed as a dietary supplement, and that no medical disease claims can be made about it. And, of course, that's happening all over the place, all of those things. The FDA has taken a real strong position uh, with respect to companies that are making um, medical and disease claim. it's, claims. It's sent several different um, rounds of cease and desist letters to these companies. It's also taken a pretty strong claim in enforcing uh, just its labeling requirements, namely that when a company has um, a certain amount or, or, or says that there are things in the product or that aren't in it, uh, that those labels have to be right. If you say you've got, you know, a thousand milligrams of CBD, uh, you better have a thousand milligrams of CBD. Um, and 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 even though the FDA has said that you can't use CBD as a food ingredient, um, interestingly, it has told these companies, you know, they have to get it right. <laughs> they have to have in the bottle what they say they do. Um, the, the FDA has largely not enforced its position against CBD and food. But there's a meeting this Friday that I'm going to be speaking at in D.C on that very issue. So the okay. FDA is is actively moving towards some sort of position, and we hope it's favorable towards CBD, and I think that's going to play out over the next year or two. Uh, that's an issue. And then, gosh, there's so many. I'll, I'll talk about uh, one that's that's happening uh, throughout the Southeast, and, and in particular, North Carolina. I'm going to speak before the North Carolina Department of Agriculture Committee tomorrow on um, in, in the Senate uh, regarding this bill that I just mentioned, and, and the big issue is what we call smokable flour. 
And probably most of, if not all of your listeners know what smokable hemp flower is. It's the new hot thing. And it's like, it's like, you know, it's the bud, it's the, uh, of the, of the plant and, and people, it can be smoked and you get the benefits of CBD and all the other um, good qualities. It's been known that it's an effective way to get those um, compounds into your body. It's been known to help with, with treatment of things like, you know, addictions and uh, it helps to relax people. And so it's very popular. But our SBI, our State Bureau of Investigation, which is our analogous um, state entity to the FBI, um, made some proposals. And, and, and primarily its proposal had to do with getting rid of, of smokable hemp flour. Hmm. Uh, the SBI is concerned about enforcing our continued prohibition in North Carolina against marijuana. And it's concerned that it will not have probable cause to, um, you know, when someone appears to be using or possessing um, marijuana since hemp is now legal. So um, it proposed some solutions, and, and unfortunately the solutions I think would, would really be devastating to the hemp industry. So we're, we're trying to, um, to recognize and assist the SBI in doing its job while continuing to, to help the hemp industry in North Carolina flourish, and a lot of it has to do with smoking the flour. Okay. So, sorry, you asked, you know, Freddie, poor guy, you come and talk to a lawyer, and what does a lawyer do but just talk, 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 talk. But those, you know, <laughs> this is what's going on in the industry. There's just so many things happening, and, and those are just some of the, the very top-line issues that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a lot going on. So um, where would you personally like to see the laws land, uh, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as a lawyer who represents businesses, there's a tension between you know, not having a whole lot of burdensome regulation, of course. Uh, I think just as a general rule, businesses, you know, don't like a whole lot of regulation. But by the same token, having enough regulation to provide clarity for uh, making important and proper business decisions. And, and also, you know, in, in particularly with respect to, to products that, um, that humans interact with, which frankly are most, if not all, hemp products, you know, a certain amount of regulation is important for safety. So, you know, when you go and buy, um, you know, a, a tincture of, of CBD oil, you know what you're getting. You know, it's not, you know, there's not toxins in it. You know, that it's, if it says it has a thousand milligrams, it does. If, if, if it being organic is important to you, you know that you can trust, you know, if, if they say it's organic. So I, I do think that we should have, um, and for lack of a better word, just a normal and appropriate amount of regulation. That's where I'd like to see it. But I'd like to see the industry really be mostly un- unfettered and allowed to grow as people need it to. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you practice law here in North Carolina. Do you have clients outside the state? I do. So my law firm currently, we have um, three attorneys. My wife, Ashley, is the office manager and um, and, and she, she runs a, a tight ship, but, but I'm um, the principal lawyer in Asheville, and then we have a, a attorneys um, throughout the country, actually, one in Portland, one in Austin, one in Greenville, South Carolina. And we do that in, in order to, to help our clients throughout the country, you know, whether they be in different time zones or in different jurisdictions. So to answer your question, we, we do have clients across the country, and we're even beginning to get a, get a few uh, from overseas. Oh, okay. Hemp is a worldwide, you know, industry, and uh, so yeah. it's... it's, it's exploding everywhere yeah yeah so how, how long have you been practicing law so I've been practicing law for 20 years now okay and I've been practicing in the cannabis space for about five mm-hmm. uh, I wrote a book five years ago I think four years ago and uh, about cannabis business law in general and then being in North Carolina and, and I wrote the book about the same time that CBD really started to get traction and become a thing we started getting lots of calls about hemp and CBD and that's just taken us to where we are today mm-hmm. 
Uh, before that, I practiced bankruptcy law and, and commercial litigation, and, and I've, I've done a tax law and personal injury. I've kind of done a little bit of everything, and yeah. I, I wanted to find the area that I really liked and, um, and, and felt good about, and, and hemp is that area for sure. Yeah. So what's the name of your book? Um, so it's Cannabis Business Law, What You Need to Know. Oh. Yeah, and oh, it's... Awesome. Um, it, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it's published by Thompson Reuters, which is a legal publishing company. Okay, they're online, and I'm pretty sure there's a link on my website to it as well. Okay, all right. What's your website? So it's uh, uh, kitelaw.com. K-I-G-H-T-L-A-W.com. Uh, you could also go to cannabusiness.law. Uh, directs to the same location. Is there anything else you want to say about your 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 law firm and? Well, I, I want to say that, that we, we're a business law firm. We just focus on the cannabis industry. So we, we do mostly compliance work, meaning we help our, our clients understand and you know, get and stay compliant with, with the rapidly evolving laws. We also do intellectual property work, uh, a lot of just business stuff, contracts and business formation and mergers and, and that type of thing. And so one of the things that, that I've found is interesting in this particular industry is that uh, there is a, a, an advocacy type of a role that, that I think is, is important to play. So it, it is part of a, you know, representing clients and giving them good advice and drawing up good documents. You know, we're required to follow the laws and when, the, when, when bills and laws and court decisions seem to be going in the wrong direction, in other words, they're harmful to the industry, and then we, we, we try to, to help correct that. Sometimes it's just by letters to local law enforcement uh, but sometimes it's actually going to state legislatures or to you know federal agencies and and testifying or providing comments. And to that point, any I think it's important for any stakeholder in the industry, whether you're a farmer, whether you're a processor, whether you're a manufacturer, a formulator, or have a brand, whether no matter what it is, at, at this stage of the game, if you want to see a healthy and vibrant hemp industry, you, you got to stay aware of these things and make your voice heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well. well. I'm certainly an advocate out there traveling all over the country. Man, Freddie, you are the advocate. You're the guy in that cool Austin Healy driving all over the country and, and interviewing people and, 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 and seeing hemp grows and, and, and standing up. What was it last night you said that in, in Asheville for Hemp History Week you got to read your your um, Pledge of Allegiance, your, your I Hemp Revolution Pledge of Allegiance. Is that, is yeah, that right? Yeah. I love that. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. So that was really nice. So... Um, any last comments do you want to say to our audience? Oh, um, you know, the, the, the hemp world is, is, is fun, it's exciting, it's, it's moving in the right direction, and it's a great time to be part of it. It's just, um, it can also be very involving and stressful, as anyone who's, who's involved in it knows. So be prepared, that's for sure. Um, but for the people that are in it, you know, just, just um, keep fighting the good fight, for okay. sure. Very good. Well, Rod, I'd like to thank you for being another guest on the I Hemp Revolution podcast and a kind of supporter of the I Hemp Revolution Roadshow that I'm on. Yeah, well, th- Freddie, I always like seeing you. I appreciate you having me on the show. And I also appreciate you coming and jamming with my band oh, the other yeah. night. Oh, I have yeah, a rock man. band, and Freddie, um, Freddie plays a, a mean washboard and, and, and played an enti- <laughs> you played an entire set with us that oh, night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah so, it was great. So anyway, I really appreciate you having me, and I appreciate all that you do, Freddie. Well, thank you very much, Rod. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today and make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review. 
and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.